The Reseller Hangout Podcast is all about helping you grow, scale, and thrive in your reselling business. We're Rob and Melissa with Flea Market Flipper and have been in the resale biz for over 20 years. Not only do we buy and sell awesome items on a weekly basis, we also coach other resellers how to take their business to the next level. In this podcast, we are committed to bringing you great guests who love to share their tips, tactics that will help you level up in your current reselling business. So let's go. Awesome. Today we have Carrie with American Arbitrage with us, going to give us some great tips on yard sales, how to beat the overwhelm uh, when you walk up on our uh, yard sale. So Carrie, thank you so much for spending some time with us and actually uh, handling this question for us. Yeah, of course. I One thing I love doing is going to yard sales. Been doing it for a decade now and um, it's my bread and butter, my favorite thing to do. Awesome. That's awesome. So we're going to dive into more of that. But first, before we do that, give us a little bit of your background, how, you know, of reselling, like how you got started, how long you've been doing it, all that good stuff. A decade. I've been doing it for 10 and a half years. I graduated uh, from college 10 years ago, 10 and a half years ago from the University of Utah. Um, I should have known I would be a reseller at that point because I got, I'm, I'm curious about everything. I got three degrees at the U. Um, I have a political science, history, and a Spanish degree. Um, and I was going to go into teaching. The recession was happening. Um, I was planning on going back and getting my master's and my PhD and everything. And I got caught up uh, in the storage wars, American pickers fever of like about a decade ago. And I fell in love with this. So this is what I started doing. And I've been doing it for, for 10 years. I've had my own shop for most of those 10 years. And um, I'm an auctioneer here in Utah. I do all sorts of things. I'm all over the place. <laughs> Awesome. So do you auction, do you auction off your own stuff or do you work for a company that you actually go in and do like estate auctions or stuff? stuff I've done like both. That? I've done both here in Utah. I did my own auction. I ran for about three or four, maybe five years where I gathered all this stuff and I handled it. And the last couple of years has been strange because of uh, the pandemic. But before that, I was, uh, I was just being hired on to, to do auctions and stuff. Now, when you're doing an auction, can you buy something when you're doing an auction, when you're hosting an auction? I don't think sometimes, you can. Sometimes it depends on what kind of an auction it is. I mean, sometimes I'll buy stuff for myself if it's really slow. You don't want to yeah. do that much. But if an item doesn't get a bid, for example, and I wanted it, I'll buy it because you're supporting the consigners that way. That's, cool. that's awesome. That's, that's a cool feature. I didn't even think about that, but you're auctioning up the price and then you're going, okay, well, this is me. Yeah, you don't want to, do you don't want to bid up the price, but you, if nobody bid on anything, I would feel like it would be okay to, and I've done it before where I'm like, I'll just give them five bucks, you know, cause you know, in the auction and then, you know, then that person at least made some money on something. That's awesome. That's a cool, a cool trader, yeah. a, a cool, uh, um, yeah, it is a little weird random trade secret that I've learned in the, the, the decade I've been doing it. Awesome. <laughs> that's uh, awesome. So where's your favorite place to sell right now? Ooh, wow. Um, eBay is still number one for me. I've been, I mean, just like everything, I'm, I'm all over the place. I just started selling on whatnot, which is a live auction platform. Um, and I've been doing that for about a month and I do live auctions on there and people bid on the screen. They bid stuff up. It, the payment comes out immediately, which eBay doesn't seem to be able to understand how to get payment immediately. Um, so that's been fun as well, but eBay has been my bread and butter. It's, it's my, my first love and reselling for sure. Us too. What, what's that name again? It, what not, what not it's yeah. What not W A T N O T. Um, they started out as like a Funko pop app, but now they do a uh, collectible. So video games, I'm actually, I, I got brought in to do action figures. They brought me in. They wanted me to do action figures for them. And then they just, uh, wanted me to kick off retro video games next week for the whole app, which is, you know, it's a billion dollar company and I'm 
I'm going to help them start out their uh, vintage video game section. So I'm doing vintage video game auctions. I'm doing all sorts of stuff, stuff that I've kind of done for years. I like it. That's, that's awesome. awesome. That's exciting. That's so fun. it's fun. Yeah. It is really. <laughs> How, and so you do those auctions a couple times a week or? Like... Yeah, a couple times a week. Okay. Right now I'm doing two to three auctions a week, just depending on my inventory. Yeah, that's really cool. That that's is a really fun cool. Day. Yeah, a fun little thing. Um, yeah, eBay is definitely our top one too. We, we've played around sure. on other apps too, but. Um, that's our yeah, go-to e- just e- because it reaches so many people and we do so unique many- stuff as well uh, that you need that big crowd. You need that pool of a lot of people to be able to see it and get the best price for it. Yeah. Um, so we've seen that you love to visit yard sales. Um, yes. so is that one of your favorite places to source? It is my favorite. The only problem here is I'm in Utah. So it's about a five month season in Northern Utah. Um, um so, but yeah, it's my favorite place. Um, there's just, it's the thrill to hunt. I don't know if it's the most efficient place at all times. A good week is a great week. You know, you can bring in a lot of stuff, but uh, you can have some bad weeks. Um, but it's my favorite way to hunt. Um, the deals you can't beat yeah. at a yard sale. That's awesome. So what do you do on your off months when there's no yard sales? Where do you go source? Thrifting. A lot of okay. thrifting. That's where I've kind of made my name on, on, on TikTok and Instagram is, is my thrifting videos. But I, a lot of people think I, I mean, I do love the thrift store, but I, it's like my third or fourth choice when I have other options. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you do any app stuff? Are you sourcing any on apps, local apps? Oh yeah. I source, okay. I, I, I buy on eBay, sell on eBay, source on Mercari, sell on Merc- I do everything. I do a lot of sports cards. And if you know what you're looking for in, in lots on auction on eBay, and you can do this with anything. If it's tools, if it's, you know, car parts, whatever you're interested in, if you go and look at auctions and see lots that are going through and you, you know, that part or that card or that action figure, um, and you know, it's worth, you know, what they're asking just for that one figure, you can make some good money doing that. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways to source, but I think the funnest um, way is, is garage selling. It's the modern uh, treasure hunt, the pirate treasure hunt. <laughs> I love yard sales. I, we always have this, like he loves the flea market. So we would go there, every, but he's like, it's like 50 yard sales in one thing. So I'm like, okay, I got, I get that. Yeah. I didn't I want like, to get off yeah. topic on the yard sale, yeah. but I flea markets. I love just as much for that exact reason. The yeah. prices typically are a little bit more, but there's more, more stuff in one location. Yeah. So. And if you can get the used ones, not this new stuff, little stuff, it's gotta be the, the people selling the used stuff. The good stuff. So, that's the right. good exactly. Yeah. You want the, the stuff that's yeah. The that good they're stuff. Picking. Um, so can you walk us through your process of like how you go find some stuff to, yeah, once you pull up at a yard sale, you know, what's the first thing you do? What's it, because this is what it it paralyzes a lot of people is, okay, I'm going to go to a yard sale. I'm going to try to find some stuff. Um, I get to the yard sale. There's stuff everywhere. Where do I start? So if you can give us kind of your breakdown, since you're a professional at this, uh, (laughs) what's the breakdown to make the most out of a yard sale visit? What I would do is when you first get there, do a quick walk around. Just kind of get a feel for what's there. Unless there's something super, super obvious that you know is worth a lot of money, I would just do a quick little walkthrough and see what area you kind of want to go to first. There might be an area in the back that's books and you love to sell books, but if you focus on a random box of stuff you're not interested in at the front of the yard sale, you, you could miss a good book that somebody else picks before you. So I would do a quick scan through. Uh, that's the first thing I would do is I do a quick walk around and I go, okay, this is where I want to go. Um, and then also you can know if there isn't anything at that yard sale pretty quick because time is of the essence. You only have a few hours in the morning. You want to get out of the, the, the bad yard sales as quickly as possible as well. Yeah. So do you ever do those drive-by? Like, oh drive- yeah, I do drive. There's a lot <laughs> of times I don't get out of the car <laughs> because there's just not a lot of time. Um, and it's, you know, so if, 
if it's, you know, clothing or stuff that I know I'm not into, and typically kids clothes and stuff like that, if it was vintage stuff, I'd get out. Um, at this point, doing it 10 years, you, you get an eye for it. I'm sure I miss a few things randomly in boxes when I do this, but I think it's, it's hedging my bets. And yeah, that's, that's what I do for sure. Awesome. So once you're there, you're walking around, you take a lay of the land, you know what's going on. Um, now, what happens once you finish the walk around? Where do you go next? What, do you, what are your eyes attracted to? Well, I'm attracted. What I love the most is, is collectibles, which is toys, sports cards, statues. It could be even pop culture posters, just anything that's kind of in the collectible realm, realm and more pop culture wise, not vintage, although I do like vintage stuff. And, and one of the, the biggest tips I can give everybody is when you, you find a decent yard sale here. You want to you wanna pick up an item, and this is, some, this is kind of like something I do, and see what their prices are if they don't have prices on it. Gauge where they're at. And then you can kind of see, oh, should I, should I get a lot of stuff together or are they going to be a little bit tougher to deal with? And then always, I mean, I, we'll probably get more into it, but always kind of gauge the prices and then bundle. Always bundle your, as much stuff as you can because um, then you lower the price of every individual item you get. And that's, that's key to make money, making money yard selling. I remember watching uh, American Pickers and Frank, he's like king of bundling. Like, <laughs> Throw it together. Bundle. It's so true though. It's bundle. so true. It's, most, most people at yard sales, at garage sales, I'd say 70 to 80% are just people trying to declutter. There are the professional yard sellers out there doing Amazon stuff or just that they pick and then they sell every week. But most people are trying to declutter. So the bigger pile you show them, the more likely they are to get excited and want to get rid of it. So they might give you a I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been astounded by the deals they've given me just for trying to do bundles. Awesome. So that brings me to my next question. So you do, you find some of that stuff that you like, you try to get a bundle together. Are you looking up these items before you're buying them? Or is this in your brain? Since you've done it for so long, you know what you're looking for. You kind of have an idea of what these things are worth before you actually go up and try to make an offer or a bundle. Yeah, it's for me, it's probably about 70, 30, like 70% of the time, I don't need to look stuff up occasion, but I'm not shy about looking stuff up. And neither should you be, especially in this day and age, when everybody's playing on their phone, you could just pull your phone out. People don't necessarily think you're looking stuff up. Some people do. And even if they do, it doesn't really matter because um, you want to know if it's worth even buying. So that that's more valuable than maybe somebody being like asking you a question if you're looking stuff up or the random, very, very rare chance of them maybe upping the price because they see you looking at stuff. The key is don't pay more than you're willing to pay for something and then you'll never lose, so. Yeah, that's great advice. And don't determine, yeah, if you're looking something up to find the value, don't determine that. Yeah, don't not do that um, because you're worried about what the seller is gonna think. Um, that's great advice, Carrie, for sure, because you don't wanna get something. If you're not sure, Carrie's got a great knowledge. He, he's, he's been doing this for a while, so he knows what he can grab. But for some of us who don't have the same knowledge on collectibles and stuff like that, that's where you do kind of wanna look it up and don't worry about what they think about you. No matter what, you're either gonna get the deal, you're not gonna get the deal. So it's not the exactly. end of the world. So what would you tell somebody who is like, ha they've been to yard sales, but really haven't been doing it to resell. So now they want to look for items to sell. How do they avoid like seeing so many things? Do I have to look up every item? Like, am I looking for something specific? How do you, they like, maybe when you first started, how do you avoid that overwhelm of, ah, there's everything out here. So I, don't, I don't know what to do. That's a great, that's a great question. Avoiding the overwhelm. And, and this is how I would do it and how I have do it, how, how I have done it in the past is focus on what you're interested in. Everybody has interests, you know, hobbies. Like if you enjoy clothing, focus on that. Don't get, you know, don't get distracted by toys or video games or whatever else you've heard might have value, pots and pans, whatever. 
focus on the clothing, get into that, really learn it and just focus. And if you, if you miss some stuff at the start, you know, honestly, everybody misses stuff all the time in this business. You can't catch everything, you know, and it's overwhelming to try to be a jack of all trades at all times. Sometimes you can handle it if you don't have a lot of other things going on, a lot of garage sales that day or something. But um, I would just say, focus on what you're interested in. That's really the key to starting to resell in general. What are you interested in? I like toys and sports cards. To this day, that's still my favorite thing to sell. Um, I'm probably an expert in both those categories. And, and over the years, doing it for years and years, I've learned, okay, pick up this Revereware pot, even though I'm not interested in it per se, um, personally. So just go slow, be patient with yourself, focus on what you're interested in. Awesome. I love yeah, it. I love yeah. it for sure. That is, that is a huge point. If you can do the stuff that you, your hobbies, whatever it is, maybe even your profession stuff that you have the knowledge already and you don't have to build knowledge, start with that. And then like Carrie said, you might see some other things along the side that you want to look up. Uh, that's, that's where you go, but start with that stuff that you're interested in that you love. Um, and that's, I think one of the keys to being in this business and absolutely uh, loving what you do. Most I love what we do. It, it's like, we're not really working because you're enjoying it when yeah. you already have a passion. That's the for truth. Something, that's really the truth. You're enjoying it. So that's all you have to do is just enjoy what you're doing. If it's what you're looking for stuff that you enjoy, it's going to make it that much easier to go into this profession, side hustle, whatever you choose. Yeah. I was going to add to that too, as far as like stuff that you enjoy also your stages of life we've noticed too, because we, um, didn't have kids for a while. And then we saw all of a sudden had kids and now baby stuff, who knew baby stuff is so expensive. There are thousand dollar strollers out there. We never tried to look at those to yeah. sell until now. I'm like, okay, we're going to go look at those brands that are selling for still hundreds of dollars. So, and, and that um, honestly, yeah. whatever part of life you're in, that could be your edge. You know, you're learning about the baby stuff that could be your edge because as far as I know, a lot of people are passing that stuff up. So yeah. That's why when people tell me like, there's, you know, what are we going to do with, you know, everybody talking about all these bolos, all these things to look up. There's always another place. There's so thousands of niches. Um, and, and that's part of, you can get overwhelmed by that. But if you focus on what you're interested in and then slowly grow as you become interested in other stuff or, or different parts of your life come, come forth. Yeah. That's awesome. such a great yeah. key point for sure. So well said, well said. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that's awesome. We, uh, I was thinking of something. I just lost my train of thought, but that's okay. Um, so do you have a certain criteria, like when you're going to buy an item, like price point or know your profit, or do you have a criteria of when you're going to go buy an item um, before you decide to purchase it? Um, I don't really have set rules when it comes to that kind of stuff. I know a lot of people do. In general, if it's one singular item, you know, if it's like a dollar, I want to make at least about 10 plus shipping in general. But a lot of times I'll buy bundles. And when you're buying bundles, you're throwing things in that might be four or $5. But for me, I know I have the clientele for an action figure or clientele for this, this uh, you know, bobblehead or something I'm willing to sell for eight bucks because I know people would enjoy it. Um, but in general, I mean, I, you really want to, you know, figure out what you're comfortable with. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a person who doesn't mind selling low-end stuff. Some people only want to sell higher-end stuff. You just got to find what you're comfortable with. They're really isn't, in my opinion, a right or a wrong answer to it, but um, you just got to kind of follow what works for you. I remember what I was going to say now on what you said before about um, the, like people thinking there's so many, there's thousands of niches and like all these people are getting into reselling and stuff, but there is so much stuff out there. Cause we even like, okay, we, now we know some more resellers in Orlando. 
there's so much stuff there. There's no way all of us could get it all. You know, there's, yeah, there's never there. a lack of inventory <laughs> no, ever, ever. And like, if you talk about a random, you know, retro shirt or something that you found, the chances somebody else seeing your video finds it and then actually buys it and then posts it at the same time you have it. It's just, it, it's not, it's not probable. And also the benefits of putting yourself out there in social media far outweigh a random thing like that happening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So for sure, I do have another question about the bundling. So you take the lay of the land, you're around the yard sale, you hone in on that stuff that you're interested in, you start bundling it together. When you take it up to the seller, um, are you, you are you asking them for a price on all the items, or are you offering them a price on the items? I'm asking them a price. Okay. Um, I'm always about the buyer, or sorry, the seller giving me the first price. I never like to give the first price because you, you'd be surprised how low their prices can be sometimes. And if they do come back high, then you can work it out. You can negotiate and you know, you know what your ceiling is, but yeah, I never give the first price if I can help it. Um, I always want the seller to give the first price. Um, and that that's a key to negotiation. One of my biggest negotiation tips at yard sales is the winner of every negotiation is the person who cares less. So you've got to try not to get attached to these items, know what your profit margin could be, and I struggle with this at times if it's something I love reselling. But, you know, if you if you if you're willing to walk away, if you care less than the seller does, you're going to win every negotiation every time because you either don't buy it because you, you didn't want to pay too much or you buy it at the price you're comfortable with. Win win. Yeah, that's awesome for sure. Now, that brings up another question as well. So you're bundling it. You're asking them what's their price. Now, the dance is getting them to come down on that price. Do you always negotiate or do you just say, okay, sometimes I got a really good deal. They're, they're already low price. I'll walk away and pay what they're asking for it. I don't, yeah, I honestly, and this is something that I've learned over years of doing this. When I started, it was kind of like a family thing with me and my dad and my mom. We would go out and um, they were always telling me to negotiate hard and do all, and my dad loved to barter and stuff. That's not really who I am. But, but here's how I negotiate. If I know I can't pay the price they ask and I know what it needs to be, I will, I will stick to that price. But if they're fair, if I know I can make $100 on this item and they say even 20 bucks, a lot of times I'll pay it because I'm like, I'm gonna three or four times my money. They're, they're giving me a fair price. So if people are fair uh, with their pricing, realizing you know, you know, I'm gonna resell it most of the time, they know I'm gonna resell it. I have cameras on me, I'm doing all that stuff. So. It's not really, it's not really hidden that I'm a reseller. So um, if, if it's a fair price, I will pay it. And I think that's the way I like to do it. I'm not saying that's not necessarily the right way. I don't think there's anything wrong with negotiating for negotiation sake, just to lower your margins, but it's not something I do. So how would somebody who might have like, they're trying to get comfortable with negotiations. What's not like maybe something we could tell them to, to help them. Like it, if it doesn't come natural, like just do it more. Like what is something maybe that you would. Yeah. Tell the key, them. the key to overcoming anything like you're right. The key to overcoming anything like that is to just practice and do it more. Um, I did theater for years and what I, what, you know, live on stage theater. And what I learned is that nobody's really rooting against you in theater. They actually want you to do well. So there's no reason to be nervous. And, and when you come into a, a negotiation, they want to sell their items. You want to buy their items. There, there shouldn't be any nerves there. Um, if they're, you know, a little bit aggressive or pushy with their price, Maybe they don't really want to sell it that bad. I don't know, but you ha you can't get too attached. That's why I say don't care so much. Try to train yourself to be as much of a Jedi and a robot as possible with the negotiation process, and you'll you'll be more successful that way. But practice will help a ton. It wasn't natural for me. I, I I'm not a big confrontation person. I'm a pretty easygoing person, and um, I don't consider a negotiation a confrontation. But there is 
you know, sometimes people want two different things. You got to come at, at a, at a medium point there. Yeah. That's a great point. And I've never looked at it that way. You guys, we are, somebody's trying to sell something. We're trying to buy something. So it's not like you're walking up to somebody's house and saying, Hey, can I buy that bicycle in front of your house? No, they're exactly. trying to sell it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. If that would be a little, that you might want to be nervous if you do that, but you could probably still get some deals if you have, have the guts or, you know, to do that. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, another question that sparked in my mind is, so if you do bundle some stuff up, you take it up there, uh, their prices are too high. Do you ever, you know, put the stuff back and say, yeah, I'm sorry, I can't do it and walk away. And if you do walk away, do people come after you and say, no, 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 uh, you know, I'll, I'll work on that price or go lower. Yeah, I've definitely walked away and they've definitely come after me before. Sometimes they don't, um, you know, but honestly, usually this is the thing, like, as you become more and more expert at doing this and really just doing this like one summer going out, you know, most weekends, you'll become really good at this. Um, you kind of have a, a vibe and a feeling for how these people are going to, going to handle that. So typically by the time I'm making a big pile, honestly, I already know I'm going to be able to work with them because I've already gotten a couple things and I'm like in a pile that seem reasonable. I, I'm pretty sure they're going to be reasonable with other stuff. So, um, but yeah, there's a lot of power in walking away from a bad deal. You don't have to make a deal just like excuse me, they don't have to sell anything. Um, you know, that it's, we shouldn't, we shouldn't attach any, any more feeling than we need to, to it. Um, they're totally entitled to not sell it to you for a price. They don't want to sell it. And if we get a good deal, it's because they were okay with the, the price ultimately. I love it. I love can't it. Get attached. That's it. Any yeah. of those fun toys you can't get attached. <laughs> I, I do get attached, but it's, but it's, it's not a good thing. I mean, I, I, I won't overpay at this point. <laughs> um, so what do you do? You, uh, this is just kind of an off the wall question. So you're walking up to these yard sales with the camera on. So does anybody get weird about that? I thought they would. I thought yeah. they would. And almost nobody cares. That's, I was, that was one of the biggest revelations from, from doing it um, is very few people care. There are more people are interested in like, oh, you're on, you know, with me, it's like you're on TikTok or whatever. Sometimes people know me and I'm on TikTok, which is believe it or not helpful more than it is uh harmful like they're like oh i want to i want to i want to give you a deal you know i know what you do or whatever i'm like okay um so yeah i'm surprised i've had two people in the last summer that i've been wearing my gopro that have mentioned it and both times it was off and pointed down it was just i wasn't even filming them and i'm like and they weren't gonna give me too much trouble but i'm like i'm not even filming you guys it's, it's okay <laughs> relax <laughs> but most everybody's pretty cool yeah that's honest fun. yeah i never had a yard sale where anybody said anything negative about it so a couple people mentioned it but yeah they want to be tiktok famous so <laughs> yeah they just they want to they think it's interesting most people just think it's fascinating you know the culture of it yeah that's no, awesome that's fun um, yeah. So is there anything else that you would want to add to this, uh, like going to a yard sale? Did you think of anything? No, I, I, I definitely think the negotiation carry, you hit the, the, the nail on the head. Um, it's, it's something that takes repetition. It takes practice. You have to be willing to practice it. The more you practice it, the better you get at it. And like you said, you didn't mention it this way, but you know how to read people. So you kind of know when you're up talking to somebody, even about a price or two, you know, you know, in your mind, okay, I know I can get a good deal on this. So it's more of learning um, what kind of people they are when you're walking up and doing it. So that's a, that's a huge benefit. I'm the same way. I've done it for so long um, that I can read people when I'm selling stuff to people. And when I'm buying stuff from people, I know how to read them to know if I can get them down on the price or if I have to pay what they're asking for it because it's a good deal. So um, that's, exactly. that's a huge point. Exactly. It's, it's just, and this is something you get from repetition and from practice. And the cool thing about practicing yard sales is you're going out and you're having a good time it's an adventure it's a treasure hunt 
Um, and really, I mean, from the very start, if you're, if you're, you know, putting the effort in, you should be, you should be able to make some money because you're not spending a ton. You know, you are spending a little bit of your time. You're trading that off for maybe, you know, being able to get something easier that costs more, you know, like on, you know, our online arbitrage or something, you're spending your time instead of your money. But, um, there, there's so many opportunities and so many great yard sales where things are a quarter, 50 cents, a dollar that, you know, you can bundle stuff up and sell it on eBay. You can sell things individually. Um, it's fun. And, and people, I think people would be well served to get into it. It's a great way to make a little side income or a full-time income as I have for, for almost a decade now. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you did this part-time or full-time. It's full-time. Oh, I'm full-time. Yeah, I'm full-time. There was um, a year and a half out of the last 10 years that I went back and worked because I needed to, unfortunately, but um, now I'm full-time again uh, for the last couple of years. That's awesome. That is awesome. Do you have um, like a most memorable yard sale find and flip that you can think yeah, of? Yeah, here's, I, I have a lot, but here's okay. one that comes to my mind when people ask that. So I was, this was, you know, like a newer build, build house. A lot of times the retro cool vintage stuff I've found are like at kind of like in older homes, you know, older neighborhoods, um, you know, barns, stuff like that. But this was in like a new build house. And I walked up to a, a wheelbarrow um, that had a bunch of uh, different like rakes and stuff in it. And we took those out and under it was a 1983 Tony Hawk skateboard. Um, and I didn't, I knew it was a retro 80 skateboard. I didn't even know it was Tony Hawk at the time. It was a chicken head skateboard. Um, I, in my head, based on my limited skateboard selling experience, which might've been one or two in 10 years, I was like, I can maybe get 40, 50 bucks for this. And they wanted 10. So in that case, I did negotiate. I said, we well, would take five because I'm like, that gives me, that makes me feel a little bit more comfortable. Cause I don't know what this is worth. And they said, sure. $5, um, did a little research in the car as we were yard selling that day and found out it was worth like about 400. And I sold it to some business guy in LA, um, you know, um, in a high rise, you know, really nice place um, for, I think, three, 395, something like that. And it's not my most expensive sell ever, but I just love the fact that it was totally, um, I'm trying to think, like, totally hidden. You would never have, no, not, nothing else in that um, yard sale was particularly vintage. And now, you know, 37 years isn't massively vintage, but in the skateboard world, it is. And uh, there was a rabid demand for that. There was a lot of people who loved that. And and it sold really quickly. That's awesome. What a great story too. And then that just shows you what you can find at yard sales. You just don't know what you're going to roll up on. And you can't also, you can't profile a house. If it might be a house that doesn't look like they have anything vintage, check it out. Carrie just found the skateboard that made him 400 bucks. You know, that's awesome. That's so exciting. That's exciting for the deal finder in me is to get out there and find some cool deals. That's awesome. They're out there. That's one thing I've learned in 10 years is they're out there and they're plentiful. Honestly, seriously, they're plentiful. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he definitely gets that extra pep in his step when he goes out ready to go sourcing. It's yeah. a, a lot of fun. It's, it so. is so much fun. It is so much fun. <laughs> it is, well, it Car- is the best part of this. Yeah. <laughs> Carrie, thank you so much for jumping on here. Let us know how we can. Where can ever- everybody find you? That's exactly. Sure. Yeah. You can find me on American Arbitrage, American Arbitrage on TikTok. Instagram and YouTube. And that's uh, if you want to message me or talk more uh, about uh, yard sales or whatever, Instagram is the best spot. Awesome. Carrie is full time in this guy's just like he said, American arbitrage, go check him out. Uh, he's, he's killing on TikTok. He is. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> that's awesome. Carrie, thank you again for spending some time with us, giving us uh, some great tips for going to yard sales and figuring out how to find some cool stuff. Yes. Thank You're you. welcome. I appreciate you guys. Awesome. Thank you. 
We want to thank you so much for spending your valuable time with us. It would mean the world to us if you could leave us a five-star review and share this episode with your friends. We are so incredibly grateful to be on this flipping journey with you. Woohoo! We'll catch you on the flip side.